Welcome to the Burning Hearts Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us this week. So we've been doing a series called The Church Has Left the Building. Or as Pastor Jaina likes to say, get out of here. <laughs> Something like that, right? And I want to I recap um, the first several weeks of that, just so those who haven't heard can kind of catch up. The first week, uh, Pastor Jaina just talked about wisdom and the mind of Christ from, from 1 Corinthians 2, and how we need the wisdom and the mind of Christ to, to transform and change the world around us. And, and the week after that, I talked about the transformed church and, and, talk, and mentioned three transitions that, that the Lord is taking us through as a church, from pastoral to apostolic, from church first to kingdom first, and from big church to big people. And, and for a, tra- a transformed church requires transformed people. And then last week, Pastor Jaina talked about how we come into this place and we create a dwelling place for God corporately. And then individually, we become a dwelling place that, that the fire on the altar is in our hearts and, and we come in and, and then we go out as we come in, we're, we're changed and we're transformed in his presence, and then we go out. And today, I want to talk about the transformed city, a transformed city. Let's go to the Great Commission in Matthew 28, and we've shared this a couple times throughout this series, starting in verse 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So this is Jesus's commission to the disciples. He had, he had died on the cross. He reappeared to them and, and gave them this new instruction that they were to disciple nations. And, and that commission still stands with us as disciples of Jesus. We are to disciple nations. And we as a church, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, need to recapture that, that mindset. Like we're, we're not here, we don't gather together just to do church and to have a meeting on a Sunday morning. It's fun to celebrate. It's amazing to have community. We, we need all those things, but we gather so then we can, we can go. We gather and then we can go and, and make disciples. And, and as Cindy was mentioning earlier, that the kingdom of God is upside down. It doesn't always happen the way that we would expect it to happen. And Jesus told us to disciple nations. And so often we think about that and we're like, okay, we got to go to the White House and to change, to disciple our nation. But in an upside down kingdom, maybe he's asking us to, to disciple Fargo. Maybe he's dis- asking us to disciple Moorhead, West Fargo, the surrounding communities. And maybe a, a nation gets discipled from the ground up. If you look in Acts, that was what happened, right? Let me tell you, I don't think Jesus' plan for the Great Commission was for us to hold a mission Sunday every once in a while, send money to a handful of missionaries and call it good. 
We are called as disciples of Jesus to go out and demonstrate the gospel by the power of the Holy Spirit. We are to, to teach the world about who Jesus is and model Jesus with our lives. And as a church, it's our job. We did a series a little bit ago about equipping the saints. It's our job to, to build you up, to equip you, to get you whole, and to send you out. And for most of you, you know, there's some of you that, that do missions in all these other countries, and that is amazing. Keep doing that. But for most of you, your mission field starts when you walk out the door, that you're sent to the very city that you live in, in Fargo, Moorhead, West Fargo, and the surrounding communities. The way we disciple a nation is one city, one town at a time. So today I want to quickly give you, very quickly, give you three, three keys to transforming your city. And the first one is know your city. And I'm going to, I'll have the, the scripture up here, Acts chapter 17, and I, I won't read all of it just for the sake of time, but most of you know this story. So this is Paul, and he was, uh, he was, in Athens, and he was out in the marketplaces and the synagogues, and he was preaching and all those things. And, and some people started listening to him, and they're like, oh, we, this is weird teaching that you have. We want, we want to hear more about what you're saying. So he ended up in front of this council called the Areopagus. I think I'm, I pronounced that right. And think about the Areopagus as like, it, it was the high court in Athens, and Athens was like the you know, cultural center uh, of that part of the world at the time. And the Areopagus was like a combination of the Supreme Court. It, it decided, uh, it made judicial um, decisions. It was kind of like a mix between that and Congress, but it also had leaders in all areas of, of society, like the best of the best of the educators, the best, best of the, the artists, all of those different things, all in one place. And Paul gets an audience with this, this court through the favor of God. But as, as he walked through the city, and most of you know this, he, he started noticing the major problem of the city. And that was idolatry. It was full of idolatry, which is not too much of a surprise based on Greek mythology, but it distressed him. And some commentators have gone so far to, like, Paul was burning with anger because of what he saw in that city. But what did he do? He went in front of that Areopagus, Areopagus, and, and was, uh, he spoke with such wisdom and eloquence, and he didn't come down on them with, you know, fire and brimstone. He actually was so culturally relevant to them. He knew what even it says in the word some of their poets had said, and, and he, he quoted some of that, and then he tied it to who God was, that we were God's offspring, and he used it to preach the gospel to the Areopagus. And at the end of that passage, we kind of get this, this glimmer that there were some people that believed. And it wasn't you know, it wasn't this great number of believers. God didn't do all these amazing things. But history tells us that there was a man named Dionysius. He was one of the high judges, like the 12 judges of that court, who, who became saved that day. And he later became the bishop of the church in Athens, like the leader of all the church in Athens. And he and the others that believed founded a church 
that, that still exists today. Can you imagine that? Because of what Paul did. He knew the city that he was in. He, he walked through it. He got a feel for it. And he knew the issues of the city. He knew the, the, the amazing things that the city had as well. Do you know our cities? You can look on Wikipedia and, and read about it, but, but Fargo is, is, you know, it, it was named the gateway to the West back in the day. It's interesting. At one time in the 1800s, I think the 1880s, Fargo was like Las Vegas. It was the divorce capital of the U.S. because it had lenient laws. But Fargo is also, no offense to... Grand Forks and Bismarck and Minot and, and the other bigger cities in North, uh, North Dakota. It's, it's the cultural and, and business center of, of our state, right? It has amazing influence in this, in this region from north to west to east to south. It, and I, I believe it's not by accident, even as, as Chris was praying earlier, that God has placed you here in our city, and there's issues in our city. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but you know, everybody's like, oh, Fargo is a, is a safe, safe city. Well, I was looking at like Fargo violent crime per capita, so the rate of murder, rape, manslaughter, assault, those are violent crimes. And that violent crime has actually been growing steadily since 2000. And our, our, our violent crime rate in Fargo is actually higher than the national average. Property crime rates in Fargo are still higher than the national average. There's a, a large homeless population in Fargo. There are kids who need homes, who need adoption in Fargo and Moorhead, especially on the Minnesota side. The, the rate is increasing so rapidly because of substance abuse. There are so many other things that, that I'm not covering here, but, but we need to know our city. We need to know our issues. And like I talked about a couple weeks ago, we want to measure the success of our church, not by how many people are in our seats, but how our city is transformed. And we need to know how to transform our city. And sometimes that means we need to know the issues, but we also need to know uh, uh, the blessings of our city. We need to see these challenges as opportunities. That's me speaking from my former business life. That's what we'd say. Oh, this challenge is an opportunity. We might be a group of, you know, whatever, 300 to 500 people in a sea of 250,000, but that's all God needs. He loves to work through a remnant. If you remember Gideon and, and his 300 men, or you, you remember the remnant that was left in Jerusalem that, that rebuilt the temple and rebuilt the walls in Ezra and Nehemiah, or in Daniel, um, Daniel and his friends Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the remnant that actually changed a nation through their actions. God loves to work through a remnant, and we're a remnant here at Burning Hearts Church. All he needs is a willing heart. So key number two is love your city. In Matthew 23, verse 37 to Matthew 24, verse 2. And this is Jesus talking. And he had just confronted the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And he said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those who sent you. 
How often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate, for I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And so Jesus was actually prophesying there. You know, he came back later on on Palm Sunday. But I believe Jesus loved Jerusalem. And if you look in the word of God through Psalms, you know, it's, it's the city of David. It's, it's Zion. Jerusalem was, was the, the center of, of the Israelite culture, the, the Jewish culture. And, and, and they had such a high value for geographical areas, something that we don't have so much here in the West, but they still do in, in Eastern culture. And I believe Jesus loved that city of Jerusalem. This wasn't just something that was like, oh, I love the city, but it's, it's going to be torn down. No, Jesus was weeping for the city. He loved the city. And I believe he's calling us to do the same. He's calling us to do the same. Let me submit to you that you can't truly transform what you're not willing to love. The city's not going to be transformed unless you're willing to love it. That pertains to city and it pertains to the people in front of you. And love is a choice. It's not just an emotion. And and sometimes I talk to some people that that are ready to, to check out. They don't, you know, they don't love our weather. They don't love the flatness, whatever it might be. But, but, but God has, has put you here in this season and you need to let him give you a heart to love the city. When I was a young adult, probably 25 or so, I, I got an apartment on Robert Street. I, I overlooked, I guess actually where, where 20 Below Coffee is now. I was up above there in, in those apartments. And I used to, I, I lived there and I would look out over the city and I would sit there with my guitar and just, just worship and, and pray for our city. Or sometimes I would, I would just walk downtown, walk the streets and, you know, quote, quote Joshua, you know, every, every step I've taken is this land I've given you and, and get a heart for the city. And my heart is still for this city. Even though I live out of town, out of the, out of the country, it's actually increased my heart. I have, this, I have this perspective now that I never had before that I come into this city almost every day and I love it. And he's calling you to love it. If you go into my office, you'll see a painting above one of the couches and it's a painting of a man and a heart and, and vines and, and the city in the background. It was, a, it was a painting that someone made for me to capture my heart prophetically. The city is what my heart beats for. Let your love awaken for your city and for your neighborhood. Let your love awaken. Our third, our third key is know your assignment. In 
2 Kings 9, we have this, this commissioning that, that happened uh, for Jehu, and I, I won't read it in detail, but many of you know this story. You know, there's Elijah, the prophet, there is Elisha, um, his successor as a prophet, and then he commissioned this man named Jehu uh, to be king and gave him this commission basically to cut off the, la- the, the line uh, of um, Ahab, who is one of the most evil kings in the history of Israel. And Jehu had like a singular mind. And there's, there's some really amazing scripture and amazing stories. You know, he was driving this chariot and, and uh, the, the king, I think it was Joram, was looking and is like, who is that? He drives like a madman. And they said, oh, that must be Jehu. And he, he drove like a man ha- madman because he had this singular focus to, to do the assignment that he had been given. And we need to have a singular focus like Jehu did. We need to know what God has called us to do and we need to do it and do it with perseverance and do it with, with power. Just a, a really short story about my own life. For I've shared a little bit of it before, but for the longest time, I felt this calling to ministry. And I was sitting in a meeting, and, and there was a, a speaker uh, sharing at the time. His name is Paul Manwaring. And, and he, w- he wasn't planning this, but during the middle of what, what he was saying, he was in the middle of his sermon, he turned to me and he said, your, your heart, Nate, your desire is for the platform, but God is saying to you, be the best engineer you can be. Be the best engineer you can be. And I had this dream too from the Lord that, that, that shifted my perspective. And, and I, was, I was wanting to do ministry, but the Lord was giving me a different assignment for a season. And that season ended up to be 12 or 13 years. And, and, and I gave my heart to being the best engineer I could be. And then the Lord changed my assignment and now, now I'm a pastor. And I, and I want to share that just to say that your, your assignment can change from season to season. And we need to be like, the Bible says the sons of Issachar were like, that they knew the time and the season and they knew what to do. And sometimes our assignments are long-term and sometimes they're short. But you're here for a reason. Maybe you are in here and you've been wanting to check out, but you're in the exact place the Lord wants you in and and you just haven't realized it. We have neighbors, we have coworkers, we have city officials that need Jesus. So I want to share just a few questions to ask yourself. If you don't, if you're in this place and you, you know, you're saying, I don't, I don't know what God has called me to do. I don't know my assignment. I don't know why I'm here. Ask yourself some questions. Ask yourself, have I done the last thing that God, that I felt like God has asked me to do? Sometimes we're looking for the next thing when we haven't been obedient to the first. But if you're in this place and, and, and you hear God calling you to something he's told you in the past, God doesn't waste time. He doesn't waste our experiences and he can restore you to, to exactly where he had you at before. Maybe you can ask yourself, what provokes you or makes you angry? 
or what consumes your thoughts when you're thinking freely, when you have time to think and you're not caught up with the, the things of the, of the day and your, your responsibilities. What are you always telling people that? Why doesn't the church do something that, about this about? Maybe he's calling you to do it. What excites you? What do you come alive doing? What do you find beautiful? What are you skilled at? Or what are the prophetic words that the Lord has spoken over your life? If you don't know your assignment, answering those questions and praying through them might help. Your assignment has to be born out of relationship, has to be born out of intimacy with Jesus, and it has to continue in that or else it's not going to last very long. You know, Psalm 37.4 says, uh, delight in me, I'll give you the desires of your heart, right? We're, we're to delight in him, and he births those, those desires as we connect with him. And for some of you, maybe you need to just love your neighbors, or love your family, or, or invite some neighbors over for supper, Invite them to church. Maybe, maybe you're out here and you're going to run for the school board. Maybe you're going to tell a story through video, music, art, or written word that's going to change our cities. Maybe you're going to start a ministry, a nonprofit, or maybe you think you should, but God is just telling you to, to jump in and, and you don't need that organization. You just need to step out. Maybe... You need to prayer walk our city, our neighborhoods with a friend, or, or organize prayer walks all over our city. Maybe you're going to do your job with excellence and wisdom and see people's lives transformed in your workplace. Whatever it is, God has invited you to co-labor with him to transform your cities. All he's asking for is the yes in your heart and the courage to step out. Amen? Amen. Why don't you stand with me? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Before we go into... Uh, some of the things I want to pray over. If you're in this place, and as you saw the baptisms, as you, you saw people declare their faith in Jesus Christ, and if you're in this place and, and you would say, I don't know if I have that, or, or I thought this was a religion where I just went to church and I didn't realize that God wants relationship with me. Today is a day for you. Today is the day for you. God loves you. And he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, for you. And the word says that, that if you call on the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. Or that if you believe in your heart and confess him with your mouth, that you will be saved. 
And we all have, we have all fallen short. We've all sinned in all kinds of ways. But Jesus was the perfect sacrifice for our, our sins on the cross. And today he wants to bring you into a place of, of, of righteousness with him. So if you're in this place and you, and you don't have a relationship with him, I want to pray over you right now. And then if, if you prayed that, we're going to have some people up front um, after the service who, who are, are praying for people, come up and talk to one of them. So just, just pray along with me. Father, we thank you for sending your son, Jesus. We thank you for the blood of Jesus that, that covers a multitude of sins, that we're, we're, we were scarlet, that you washed us white as snow. And Father, we, we ask right now by the blood of Jesus that you would make us new creations in Christ Jesus, that the old would be gone and the new would come, that we would be born again in you. And we, we confess we want relationship with you. We believe through faith, by grace, that we are saved. So we thank you, Jesus, and we invite you in our lives. Say, you are our Lord and you are our Savior. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. All right, I want to pray for two different groups of people. And I want to invite, as I pray for these people, if this is you and you want prayer for that, I actually want you to come forward up here. And the first is if you're in this place and you haven't felt a love for, your, for the city that you live in, a love for your neighborhood, a love for your neighbors, I want you to come up right now. I want you to come up. And, and, and we're going to pray that God would fill your heart with love. I feel like there's a, a grace for, for him to fill us with love today. So that's the first one. And the second one, if, if, if you're out here and you don't feel like you know what God has called you to do, you don't know your assignment, I want to pray for that as well. So I invite you forward. Come to the altar and we'll pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Keep coming forward. If God is tugging on your heart, if you feel the Holy Spirit doing something, and you just, just submit to that. Be obedient to that. If you're worried about what people are going to think, don't, don't worry about that. God honors your obedience. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you that in your word, it says that where we've had a heart of stone, that you will give us a heart of flesh. You gave your people Israel a heart of flesh. And Father, that promise stands for us today as well. Lord, we pray that where we've grown cold to our neighbors, where we've grown cold to our cities, where we've gone, grown cold to our, our, our workplaces, God, that you, you baptize us in your love right now in Jesus' name.
God, I ask that you would break our hearts for our cities, that you would break our hearts for our workplaces, break our hearts for our neighbors, break our hearts for our families, God. Give us a greater love. Lord, I pray that you would even wake these up in the night with burdens on their heart to pray for a city or that you'd have them pull over in their car and, and just walk and pray. Jesus, give them your heart. Let them see through your eyes. Open their eyes to see, their ears to hear, and their heart to understand what you're doing. That they would be like Jesus and they would only do what they see the Father doing. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, that those that feel like they don't know what you've called them to do. They don't know their assignment. They don't, they don't know what um, you created them for in this season, God. I pray for revelation in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray that you would, you would give them words through, through other people, that you would wake them up in the night, that you would give them dreams. Father, that your word would come alive and there would be verses that just pop out and it triggers something that says, God, I know it. I know now what you've called me to do. And for those that, that aren't sure if they're to move from this city, Father, that, that you think you, they might be called somewhere else, Lord, I pray for clarity for them. Lord, and, and if you're sending them, God, that they would be blessed in their going. And Lord, I pray that you would draw more in from all over this nation and the nations of the world to this city, to these cities, and to this church. Thank you, Father. So come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We hope this message encouraged you today. For more information about Burning Hearts Church and our mission, please head to burninghartsfargo.com.